We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, hello there. How are you doing, folks? Welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll, the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we are ever so close, ever so close to the Blue Gold Game, which will be taking place on Saturday at 1 o'clock local time. About 48 hours, right? Yes, also known as Eastern Standard Time. Um, And, uh, you know, it's yeah, 48 hours. That's pretty great. So really excited, really excited about it. And we get to see a little bit of something, something, and and that'll be fun. So today we're going to talk about what we are looking for on the offensive side of the ball, what we're looking on the defensive side of the ball, as well as players to keep an eye on. Yeah, because there's, look, we can always say, Vince, that like spring games don't matter in the big scheme of things. And they don't from the standpoint of we shouldn't be making sweeping conclusions. Right. Like if Drew Pine goes out and goes 20 of 22 for 400 yards, it doesn't mean he's the starter. If Drew Pine goes five of 22, it doesn't mean he's not in the contention to be the starter. Right. Like that's the point. Like, however, it doesn't mean that as fans and observers that we're, there aren't things we're looking for and things right. that we're going to enjoy and, right. and things that we can learn. It, it, it's more about the proper context of what we're going to see and not taking what we're going to see and turning it into something bigger because we have seen so little before. And that's really what I want people to understand. But there's Absolutely. plenty of things that that I'm looking forward to seeing, Vince, and I know you're looking forward to seeing. And kind of when we we I came up with the idea for the show, which, I mean, I came up with it, we were I mean, we knew we were going to do this on Thursday, but just the framework of it, it was like, look, we're going to come up with some things we're looking to see on offense, some things we're looking to see on defense, some players we're looking for, some, but we didn't share it at all. We didn't discuss it at all because we wanted to kind of be fresh and like, here's what Vince is looking for, here's what I'm looking for, and then we'll discuss it from you. And we're going to have a QA and a at the end for whatever time we have left before Vince has to go. So if you want, if you have questions you want us to answer, get them in now. We'll bring up some of them during the show as we talk about certain things, but Vince, first big picture, though, when we look at the big picture of this football team, Mm -hmm. there are things that we can see. Even though it's a scrimmage and it's meant to be fun, there's two things that I'm looking for, and that is I want to see how this team competes, and I want to see if this team plays with any attitude. And I think because I think no matter if it's a scrimmage or fun or whatever, if you're a competitive dude, 
anytime you put the pads on, that's going to show up. And I want to see that. Well, and we talked about with the new coaching staff and, you know, what do you emphasize, right? And and what they started doing at the beginning of their drill work and, and this, that, and the other. What do you emphasize? It is very clear that Marcus Freeman emphasizes competition, that he emphasizes, you know, going after it, right? Because the first thing they do after FSA, which is the stretching, is they have some sort of a competition. Whether it's a goal line stand situation, whether it's, you know, uh, just one play, a two-point conversion play, whatever it is, they start with a competition and the losing team has to run. I mean, something is on the line every single time we've been at practice with that first little mini session. It's not even a full session. It's like one play or it's, you know, three plays, whatever it happens to be. There's a winner and there's a loser. And I love it. And he's, he's telling the guys, look, competition's important. I want you to compete at all times. So he starts practice with a competition. So you're right. I think seeing what the competition level is like at the blue gold game on Saturday is going to go a long ways to let us know, okay, these guys are starting to adopt their head coach's mentality and what he wants from them. I think that's huge. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrow's Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrow's Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrow's Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. 
Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. I just don't, it's one of those things you can't just turn it on and off, right, Vince? Absolutely. I mean, that's the key. And it if it's there, old. we're going to see it. Now, yeah. again, it's going to be fun and you're not going to, hopefully you're not seeing guys lay each other out. Like it's not right. that, that's not being competitive. Competitive is, is and that's why you use competitive and attitude together. The, those things to me kind of go hand in hand. And when you don't have that, I mean, as a, as a, as look, no, like 2017, for example, Notre Dame had some super competitive dudes. I mean, Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, Drew Tranquil. I mean, I could go on with other guys, but you, you get, you get the sense. But as a team, it wasn't instilled in them as a team. And they're, that's different. And, and that, that's what I'm referring to. Like, if it's being drilled into you every day, I don't care what the setting is. It's like, it's like if you're competing in everything, Vince, like you said, then, you, you know, two of you, you, you and three of your buddies are out playing basketball and it starts off as fun, but it, you know, once th- then it's going to get competitive. Right. Right. Now it doesn't mean you're throwing elbows and cheap fouls, but you're still going to compete because you want to beat that guy. Absolutely. And and I think the the nature of the draft, I also think adds some competition to it. like you, he, you know, coach Freeman was on the Rich Eisen show today and he talked about that. He's like, I wanted them to take some ownership in their team. I'm not sure if ownership was quite right with the word he used, but it was like, that was the premise of it. Meaning, like you drafted this team now go out and show that you made Absolutely. the right decisions. Right. Yep. And and so just everything he's doing, it's like the draft was fun and it was a reward for the players, but there's also some head coach, you know, st- strategy behind it. Right. Like, <laughs> um, you know, right. <laughs> it's just the dumbest word I could use. <laughs> and and that's what I came up with. But I mean, there's, there's, there's strategy behind it. Right. Yeah, in all absolutely. And that, yeah, this is going to be fun and it's a reward. But as the head coach, I also know that I think this is a way to bring out some competitiveness on Saturday in an event that we don't want to necessarily promote as super competitive. So let's see how it goes. I think all of that is, is good. And, and that's, those are some of the things that you look at and you say, this is, this is, so how do you evaluate Marcus Freeman as a first year head coach? I mean, he hasn't coached a game yet with the staff he's hired, but right. it's things like this that say, okay, I, I see, I see what you're doing here. Okay. I get what you're doing here. And his former coaches, you know, we, we've said, oh, okay, I get why they're doing that. And I love that. they're doing. If you think about the previous practices and I'm not saying that the way Brian Kelly did is wrong. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't one of my anti Kelly stances, right? Cause you know, again, they, they did win a lot of games. I'm just saying like, it was, it's an observation. It would be a while into practice, like at least 30 minutes, usually more before we would see any kind of competition, right? Any kind of yep. going against each other. And, you know, we're still getting the same amount of time we got back then, but we're seeing it now because it's the first thing that they do. I mean, they go stretch. And then they'd go like team takeoff and they go to individual and then it'd be like almost an hour. Sometimes they go special teams after yeah. that. Like, and, yeah. and then it'd be almost like an hour before there's any competition. Well, that's yeah. happening right now under Marcus Freeman. 
And it's just one of those things you're like, okay, there's a purpose behind that. Like, he's not just like, okay, I'm the head coach and what do I do now? I mean, there's, there's intentionality behind a lot of the things he's been doing even before spring started. And I think the draft is going to play into the spring game. So again, does it manifest itself in how the players go about their business? That's something I'm looking forward to seeing on Saturday, even yeah. though it is a scrimmage fun type of thing. I still want to see if, if we see some of that from this football team on Saturday. So Brian, let's jump in a little bit more specific. Let's let's go, let's talk offense. And some of this we've touched on throughout the week and throughout the last couple of weeks, but I want to make sure that we get it out there today, you know, kind of the last structured show before yeah. the blue goal game. Cause tomorrow we had course, to kind of rush through it on Tuesday because yeah, of the NIL stuff. Everything that and, was going on. Yeah. And and of course tomorrow's our mailbag. So um I wanna I wanna talk offense and I wanna talk defense. So let's start offense first. What are we looking for from the offensive side? And again, it's a spring game. We all know this, but there are certain things that you can glean and there's certain things that we're going to be paying attention to. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. I think you and I are both going to agree. And we talked about this earlier in the week. You got to start with the offensive line. Right. That's the one we know, even though we didn't talk about it before the right. show. We did I, talk about I know it. you've got that on your list. You know, I've got that on my list. It's the number one thing on my list. And it's, it's, Let's see the difference in the offensive line. Let's see them firing off the ball. Let's see them finishing blocks. Let's see them. Look, are they going to make mistakes? Of course they're going to make mistakes. It's 14 practices in. Right. I, I anticipate mistakes. And on the, we don't even know who's going to be playing with who, you know, all of those different things because some of these guys got drafted to different teams, but at the same time, they're going to be wearing green. So would we see the starting offensive line together at some point? Maybe. You know, we don't know. I mean, one of the teams doesn't well, even have a center. We're definitely not going to see yes. that because the starting center well, isn't playing. Good point. I good get your point. point. I get your point. Yeah. Of what of what it's been this spring with Zeke Corral right. at center. Right. You know, to me, Vince, it, it, the offensive line kind of ties into the first thing we talked about with the team. It, it's not so much the execution, as you mentioned. And, and, you know, we'll briefly talk about this because we did talk about it on Tuesday. But I, it needs to be repeated. Yes. It's about the attitude and the physicality with which they play. If they get beat off the edge because their pass set wasn't good enough, I, okay. I mean, that, as a coach, you're like, yeah, you don't like it, but you're like, okay, yeah, we well, got to fix that, make that list. You know, that's something we got to right. work on when we get to fall camp or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, I, I think that 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 when you look at when you look at kind of that attitude and the toughness and firing off the ball and driving your feet through contact and you know, just th there are some technical things I want to see too. Are they playing with better pad level? Are they exploding their hips through contact? Which you know, last year they'd get engaged in double teams and they would just kind of lunge forward, Vince. Yeah, as opposed because they didn't work their feet, which then made it hard to get off on combos. With as much as we've we've heard that they're throwing at this offense from a pressure standpoint, and I don't know if we're going to see that on Saturday. I got that down here to talk about later. You know, we're going to see them tested in those regards, and so there's just a lot of things like that that I'm looking forward to seeing from this line, but it really comes down to temperament and attitude. Mm -hmm. I just, I want to see this offensive line playing physical. I, I don't necessarily want to see like chippiness and fights and I don't really care about that stuff, but yeah, I wouldn't mind a little shoving after a play because an offensive lineman just kicked the guy's butt, right? Like that's different than, you know, you pancake a guy after the whistle and then get up and taunt him. Like, I don't see that, but you know, a guy getting a little mad because you just whooped his butt, eh, you know, as a coach, you kind of don't mind that kind of stuff. Sure. 
And we just never saw that last year because the offensive line just well, didn't anybody's butt like that before. And I just want to see the offensive line just take ownership and just be just play with kind of a nasty streak to them. You know what I mean? Like, let's say the running back gets hit real hard, right? And and he goes down. I want to see that. I want to see that running back surrounded by three offensive linemen, like immediately and helping him up and getting the defensive guys out of the way. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It, that's, it's, a men's, that's a mindset. Yes, it's a mentality. It's a mentality. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's an ownership of your position and an ownership and a leadership of your team. You know what I mean? And, and that goes, and I don't care who it is. I don't care which offensive lineman it happens to be through the ranks of those guys. That's the attitude that you want to see. Okay. Right. Because it takes zero talent to hustle over to where the ball carrier just went down, help them up, right. get those defensive guys off. And there's something that Charles Jagusa said in an interview with Sean Davis a week ago, and he mentioned that like he was impressed with how much Coach Heastan worked with and, and how he coached the second unit like he coached the first unit and how involved they were. And yeah. so it's even more so, okay, we know Blake Fisher and Joe Walt, if they're doing it, that's fine, but does Tosh Baker play with that same mindset? Does right. does Caleb Johnson play with that same mindset? Does you know whoever maybe the number twos are right? Those are the things you want to see, and and that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. And, and my, Vince, my number two thing that I'm looking for, and and there's only one player that we're going to talk about here. We'll talk about the others later, but you know one of the things is going to be it's this is a big opportunity for Drew Pine, and and I have an, an article on the front page about it, and and look this is how's he going to handle this moment, right? Like, cause what we've heard from sources is that Drew has not had a great spring. Well, this is a golden opportunity for Drew to end the spring on a much more positive note. Yeah. And to kind of say, Hey, look, I may not be the biggest quarterback on the roster. I don't have the strongest arm. I'm definitely not the best athlete, but you know what? And I'm not going to light the world on fire in practice, but you know what? When the, when, it, when it's game time, I can move this offense and put the ball in the end zone. I, I think that is, and again, I, a lot of what we're going to talk about on offense is is a, a mindset standpoint. It's a yeah. it's an attitude thing. It's it's it, again. I don't I don't. One thing that's not on my list is scheme. I don't care anything about scheme. It's, it right. doesn't matter. They're not going to show a whole lot. It doesn't matter to me, and I don't care what they do anyway. To be honest, it's a spring game, right? <clears throat> so it's more of of you know can Drew Pine can you know because we know the offense is going to rally around him because the, they love him. They love him. They love Tyler. Yeah. Like you, I think from an offensive player standpoint, you're like, you know, whatever. Like, just tell me who the quarterback's going to yeah. be, and I'm going to roll with them. This isn't like in the past right. where when there was a quarterback battle, there was clear and they were sides. sides. Yeah, right. This that's isn't like this. Malik and Deshaun of 2016. Right. And that's what I was referring right? to. Yeah, that's right. not that well, the at all. Players wanted one guy, and the coaches wanted the other guy, and they right. went with the guy the coaches wanted. Uh, or some of the players wanted a certain guy, you know, whatever the case may be, they're going to rally around whoever, but I want to see how the offense moves with Drew Pine and, and can he move both offenses? Right. Cause Drew's going to play on both teams. Can he move both offenses or is there one that he moves with better than the other? Those that's a, that's going to be a very intriguing thing. And how is Drew going to be mentally after having a bit of a rough spring and then now being kind of thrust into this, okay, it's a different situation for you. You were thinking you were going to be battling and, and having this, you versus Tyler, because you know Drew would have been on one team, Tyler been the other. Now it's like, dude, you got to, you're not, you're not on the gold team, the blue team. You're on the offensive team, right? Right. And, and how does he handle that, right? And that, that's you know that's new. That's not what was yeah. expected as of you know Tuesday. And so uh, I'm very curious to see how he handles that, how the offense responds to him, and then of course you know, just just to see kind of what does Coach Reese put him in some situations. 
of you know that, that maybe that aren't normal things that Drew thrives in. I think that's the one maybe play calling thing I'm curious to see is do they put Drew in some movement situations or do they maybe call a read zone or two and let him make that? I mean, you know, they're going to blow the whistle as soon as he gets around the edge, but right, like, do they right. you know, make him call that or, you know what I mean? Those are things I'm also curious about. What's your number two in this one, Vince? Honestly, I went, and this has nothing to do with scheme. It has more to do with uh, mindset and technique is if they're going to do any kind of press, can the wide receivers get off of it? I, I I know that that's been a point of emphasis in the drill and drill work. And, and I mean, I hear it every time with coach Stuckey and, and how to do some things and how to be fundamentally sound and all of those different things that the fundamentally uh, the fundamentals of the wide receiver group have been poor the last couple of years. And it's been painfully obvious. I think after 14 practices, we're at least going to be able to see whether that's taken a step in the right direction. Right. And, and so now it, is the defense going to play any press? I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but there are certain things technique wise that I think we're going to be able to pick out to see if the wide receivers are headed in the right direction. I think we will see that, but it's still something that I'm going to be paying attention to because the wide receivers are so incredibly important to what this team needs to do offensively and what they want to do offensively. And everybody that's playing is probably going to have some sort of a role in the fall. So we need to see the wide receivers take a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's a good one. And I thought about putting that one. I'm glad that you put that in there. It kind of plays into my number three point, Vince. Okay. My number three point when I'm looking at the offensive things that I'm looking for is I want to see if any other playmakers step up, right? And, and you know, again, it does just because you step up in the spring game doesn't mean you're guaranteed to step up in the fall. We've discussed that, but it doesn't mean it. It's a bad thing, right? It's not like I'm going to be discouraged if a guy you know goes up, and and we'll get into some specific players here down, you know, guys that I'm looking forward to seeing. But look, we know Michael Mayer's a beast. I think we have a good idea that you know that that Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs can do some damage. We we obviously feel that you know Renzo Styles is a guy that we're kind of assuming is going to be a good player. Did you guys lose some uh, some lights there in the, in the school? <laughs> Motion activated. Yeah. So I mean, there's like a hostage situation or something going on. But uh, you are at a public school. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you know. But, you know, for me, Vince, it's – it's. does anybody else step up? Yeah. You know, and we'll get into specifics later, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I want to see somebody besides Lorenzo Styles, Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree, or Michael Mayer make plays. Not a play, but plays. Anybody can make a play. Right. I want to see some guy come out and have a game, whether, you know, and we'll get into specifics, but I do want to see that because if, if, if we're, if we leave the spring, it's like, okay, we don't have anyone other than Lorenzo or, you know, Braden is what Braden sure. is, right. You know, what we know what he can be, but you know, this tight end receiver running back. I just, I want to see some guys step up and just say, Hey, I've got my opportunity now to play. I'm going to go out there and make the most of it in this blue gold game. I like it. I like it. What's a your lot? three? My my third one and my final one is, and it, it's I, I want to be careful here because I also kind of had these in the individual players, but the position battle that is most intriguing to me because I don't see a whole lot of position battles necessarily going on at wide receiver. Obviously, there's one going on at quarterback, but one of those guys isn't playing. Offensive line, I think it's kind of set more or less who's going to be playing. Oh. 
More or less. And no decisions are going to be made based on the blue gold game. Absolutely. Right. But what I do want to see is what do the second tight ends look like? Yeah. As a whole. And and what and again, this this kind of ventures into scheme a little bit, and they're not going to show everything. But I want to see if they're going to go with two tight end sets, if they do. Um, what is the second tight end doing? Is he just staying home all the time? Is, is he going to be going out on routes? You know, that kind of thing. And is somebody going to step up? Because look, Michael Mayer is only going to play so much in this game. And so I think the other tight ends are going to get a great opportunity to play. And so what do they bring to the table? Right. You talked about playmaking. Right. I would love to see whoever that second tight end is be a guy that they can count on and be somewhat of a playmaker. Look, they're not yeah. going to be better than Michael Mayer. There's no tight end in the country better than Michael Mayer. Okay. But they can still impact the game because every defensive coordinator on the schedule is going to circle 87 and say, look, we have to focus on 87. It's an opportunity for another guy to t- to step up and make plays. And I think that could start on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- I'm-, I'm with you on that. I think that's going to be interesting about Because here's the thing, as we said, look, if you don't have a good spring at tight end, you will get passed up in the ball. Absolutely. And Kane Barong is going to come out like a man possessed. Yeah, absolutely. Colton Stace has not shown up at Notre Dame in the fall. Like, okay, well, let me wait my couple years and be ready to go. Right. Eli Raritan, whenever he gets healthy, is not going to be that way. Like, if you don't make some kind of noise this spring, and you've had four, you know, 14 practices now because they had practice 14 right. this morning, you know, you're going to be in trouble holding off that spot here down the road. So those are that that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's go to the other side, Vince. Defense. So I'm excited about this defense. There, there's a lot of question marks on this defense. So overall, I'm going to start off and I'm going to say corner play. And we've talked about this a lot in the past. Obviously, Cam Hart is not going to be available in this game. He's the by far the number one corner as of right now on this team. He's a captain of, I can't remember if it's the blue or the gold. He's, he's captain of one of the teams. I think it's the blue team. Um, and so he was the one that was speaking at the media. But he's not going to be able to play. So that right. is a great opportunity for the corners to step up. Because if this team is going to be elite on defense, I think we can all agree they're going to be really good, right? But if they're going to be elite, some of these corners are going to have to step up. And so I want to see some corner plays with confidence. I want to see some athleticism. I want to see them moving around the field. Corner play overall, I think, is critical to this defense taking another step, taking that next step from really good to elite. They can be really good with the guys that they've got that we know about and all of that, but can they take that next step to elite? I think cornerback play is going to be huge for that. I have that number three on my list, so it's definitely on my list too, Vince. Yeah. And and I kind of started big picture and then front to back is the order I went. So I it's gotcha. not like it's third most important. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point. I would actually expand it beyond corner. I think safety is also important. I think mine was secondary improvement is key for yeah. me. Yep. And and not so much like I hope that they don't just lock down the receivers the whole game because that's probably a bad sign. But there are, there are, there, I hope that they get beat sometimes, but, right, sure. but I want to, cause, and I also want to see how guys bounce back after getting beat. And, you know, but I want to see if Clarence Lewis is a little quicker and faster and stronger and fundamentally sound. I want to see if, you know, these young guys are able to kind of take advantage of the playing time that you talked about and, right. and make plays, but just bigger picture from specific players. I want to see that that it's a group that's more fundamentally sound, that plays the football better. Right. We've heard a lot about, 
some of the turnover stuff that they've been doing this spring. I want to see, does that manifest itself during this game with some different things? I want to see that, you know, the safeties are reacting quicker than they did in the fall. I want to see that this, and and this kind of, you know, ties in, I'll just kind of throw one of my fourth points because you only, I know you only did three. So I kind of tie my fourth point into this one too. You know, tackling is a big issue for this team, but it's especially important in the secondary because they were not good tacklers a lot of the time last year. And really the only good tackle they had consistently was Kyle Hamilton. He's gone. Now, you know, Brandon Joseph is back and and all that, but I want to see that this group can tackle better, take better angles, react quicker, jump routes, you know, take things away. You know, I'll be sitting up and, you know, up high at the game, and I want to see that, you know, hey, they see this dig and the safety saw it and jumped it and yeah. did all these other things. I want to see all that. I want to see the the technical and – an instinctive improvement from the secondary. And I, I think you can get that out of the blue gold game. And, and they're going to get beat. They're going to give up plays. There's going to be assignment mistakes and things like that, just like we're going to see at other positions. But sure. I think you could should still be able to see overall improvement from this unit. And, you know, if if we don't, Vince, then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit concerned. Because again, Chris O'Leary is going into year two. Mike Mickens is going into year three. Like all these young corners, I mean that they are now have a spring, a fall, and a spring, you know, with to work with Coach you know, Coach Mickens. When you talk about you know Barnes and Riley, Chance Tucker only, is only on his second you know semester, but the other two have three, right? Three Bracey's now going into year three with Mike Mickens, right? I mean, Clarence Lewis is now going into year three with Mike Mickens. So I expect to see those improvements. And from what I've heard, and we talked about this, I believe, on an earlier show. I've heard that the second half of the spring was much better for the defense than the first half, and a big part of it was the secondary really starting to make a lot more plays and playing with more confidence and and starting to figure it out. Now let's see if we can see that in the in the blue gold game. Sure. What's your number two? I want to see the interior of the defensive line and what they can bring to the table because, look, we know that Jason Adamiola is going to be – fantastic i mean he he's he's poised for a, a fantastic season and he knows it. that's why he came back right mm-hmm. uh but he's not gonna play and and so that leaves a pretty big void because there's a there's, there's gonna have to be other guy howard cross was the first defensive lineman taken i find that intriguing right well you know, i've heard from sources that he's been their best interior player which is spring. great you know what and i mean like, like against a line that's been pretty good yeah and that's the thing it's not like well he's been the okay let me let me explain like this there's two ways that conversation can go dude howard cross has been our best interior player this spring like that's how bad it is for us (laughs) right right or it could be like dude howard cross has been a beast he's been our best interior player what i've heard is more of the latter right like dude howard's just making plays like the 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 o-lines haven't he's the one of the few guys that the o-lines having a hard time with right i've heard that the offensive line has a hard time with three dudes that three dudes well actually four second half of the spring but there's and one of them i'm gonna talk about later but three of the d linemen that i've heard have just been pains in the butt for notre dame players this whole spring obviously foskey but the others is howard cross who's just had but the other one is justin adamiola i mean i've heard he has been like him, it's him and Foskey is like whoever's going to get the sack. And and it's like if they're not going against Alton Fisher, it's like pff, no chance. And, you know, that that that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. But to your point, like it's great if Foskey and Adam Yule and another guy I'm going to talk about later, Riley Mills, are all great this year. But to your point, if it's just Jason up the middle, 
That's a problem. This defense is going to have holes. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, and it can't just be Howard Cross because he's 265, 270 pounds. Right, right. It has to be more and more and more. I think that's a really good. Yep. Really good it, angle. It, the interior. Yeah, absolutely. Vince, my number one was I want to see some of the new wrinkles. Like, I, look, we're not going to see the full Al Golden. It's, it's funny you that know, you say that because I, I had something similar, but then you're like, well, we don't want to really talk about scheme. And I was like, well, it's yeah. not scheme. I mean, yeah. look, you're not just going to line up in the same defense every play. Good point. Right. Good point. I mean, you're still going to see some wrinkles. You know, yeah. are they. Are they going to be more three down, four down? I mean, we'll start to see some of that. They tried to play some three down last year. You know, will will we see more zone or man? And again, you know, some of it might be some some trickery a little bit, but I, I do think they're going to play their defense. And yeah. and because I'm not one of those people that's like you can't show them what right. you are going to. Staying a four three, don't move. You know, you know I mean, that to kind a degree, sure. You know, there's some of that, but you still need to give your guys a chance to do what you're what you right. do. Right. And we're going to see that, you know, we're going to see some of that. So I'm looking forward to, I mean, I don't really have a lot of analysis to provide on it other than just, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, just the out. Cause no matter what, even if it's pretty generic, we're going to see some of Al Golden's DNA on this defense. Well, what does that look like? Yeah. I'm curious to see that. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And yeah. that's going to, that's going to be part of, of what I, what I'm going to be looking for as well on defense. Yeah, I, you had I, you had one more, right? Well, I had I had four down with a question mark. You know okay. what I mean? Because we've seen a lot of four down while we've been at practice, and so are they going to do that the whole game? You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like, and the numbers at defensive line obviously could dictate that in this particular game, right? Um, but I'm still intrigued to see. Is it going to be 100% four down? You know what I mean? And again, that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen in the season, but something I'm going to be paying attention to. Because that's you know something I mean? we've seen in most of the open practices. Right. And there hasn't been a ton of D-line that you've been able to see, but what we right. have seen, it's been it's been four down. Yes, absolutely. So let's dive into, because it, it was very difficult to talk about some of these big picture items uh, on the offense and the defense without mentioning specific players. And so I want to dive into some specific players, Brian. That we're looking forward to really watching and seeing play on this. Absolutely. Weekend. So let's start on offense. Uh, my first one is is Deion Colsey. Uh, I, <laughs> I just from a, from a consistency standpoint, right? He's got all the tools. He's got the measurables. I mean, you stand next to him, you're like, okay, this is a dude. I mean, there's no question about it. But can he be consistent? Last year, the biggest issue for me was he didn't know what he was doing. And it was obvious. Right. And he played I, like it. And I'm not blaming him necessarily for that. I'm not blaming him at all for that. Okay, that's fine. Just, that's, that's fine. Knowing I, what he was working with, yeah. seniors couldn't freaking figure you know, what they <laughs> things. What do you expect a, that's a, good a point. 17-year-old freshman to do? No, but, that's a really good point. So, But, this is a but big that's spring. not an excuse anymore, though, Vince. And that's exactly right. This is a big right. spring for him. and. Can he consistently make plays? Can he be that big boundary receiver that Notre Dame needs to have to right. be successful, right? That's, a, that's right. a huge question mark right now. So, again, are we going to get all of our questions answered in one game? No. But I think we can start heading in the right direction of getting some of those questions answered when it comes to Dion. So he's going to be a guy that's going to be on my list. I mean, at some point in time, Dion has to start making plays, right? Absolutely. I mean, at some point in time, that talent has to turn into some level of production. And, you know, talking to people, we haven't seen a ton of it during the spring. You know, Dion's right. had a couple flashes here and there, but hasn't had a great spring like we'd hoped he would. This is the kind of thing that can maybe be that springboard. You know, it, on a much smaller scale, it's kind of like what we saw for Miles Boykin in 2017. 
Miles did almost nothing the whole year. Was a backup all year. Had like his only big game that year came in. I think it was against like Miami of Ohio or something like that. I'm actually gonna That's right to look that up. Remember, like, and, it, and it was like all, all coming off the bench, and it was like the thing with you know, him was yeah, he's a beast against Mac schools. Remember that? Right. Well, it, it was because he never got a chance to right. play. But like, like, you know, he, he comes in, he has a 54 yard catch for a touchdown against Miami of Ohio. He caught one ball against Michigan State, two against Court Carolina for 18 yards, two against for 14 against Michigan State, two for 33 against Navy, one for 20 against. Stanford, you know, so he comes into the last game of the year and he's got nine catches for 151 yards in the course of a year, does almost nothing. And then boom, LSU, he gets, you know, Chase Claypool's hurt. Equinemius checks out in the first half and Cam Smith was hurt. Freddie right. Canteen was out. I mean, so finally you had no choice, but you had to play him. You didn't have a choice. And he balls out, you know, right. he's, he, he, you know, three catches for 102 yards. You know, the touchdown catch was phenomenal. The game winning touchdown catch, but often overlooked is that third 19 catch he had between two defenders on, Ian Book just dropped it right over, and he made the great catch. And so I said, Ian always awesome. had the ability. It's just the willingness. Yeah. His third 19, late in the game, he had no choice but to make that throw through a great ball. Yeah. Miles called it in, gets drilled by the safety, convert. And then that set up – I believe that set up Michael Young's touchdown in the fourth quarter touchdown. Yeah. And then, of course, he makes exactly. the great play where he just – you know, and they, and they had they had Dante Jackson and Greedy Williams playing corner on that team. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you – know, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but the point is, like, Miles, that was like he did nothing for two years, three years, really. Finally steps up in that game, and that gave him some confidence. Like, that game gave Miles such great confidence going into the next season. I don't know if he goes out there and abuses Julian Love every day in practice that spring and fall if he doesn't end the season with that confidence. That's a good booster. point. Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, on a smaller scale, 15 practices versus 15 weeks, you know, but on a smaller scale, sure. can Dion have sort of that, okay, now's your chance to go make some plays. Like, hey, man, you do belong here. Right. Right. Some kids just need that moment, like especially young kids. Like Dion is the age of the other freshmen. Like right. only people understand that. He, he's 18. Dion's as old as – basically as old. I mean, maybe a couple months older, but like he's basically the same age as the other freshmen. He was, he was always young – I always want to say young for his age, which makes no sense in the context I'm using it, but young for his class. There you go. And and so he he may need something like that, and hopefully yeah. the spring end could be that. But I had two two pass catchers in in here for mine. Vince, my first one, I had him, and and this goes back to what you were discussing earlier, Mitchell Evans. Like those okay. two, I have okay. in, the same, in the same. Like I have two, two, and then kind of two. Interesting. Uh, okay. In these, but because they go together. But same thing for Mitchell Evans, right? Like Mitchell's had a better spring than Dion. And I've heard some good things about what Mitchell's done, but I think he he still needs that big confidence booster, that strong finish of the spring. Say, hey, if you want to hold off Kane Barong and Eli Raritan and Holden Stace in the fall, you you know, and Kevin Bauman still, you you know, you need to take it even to another level. And if you want to be someone that's not just going in there and just be a blocker right. for 15 snaps a game, you got to right. go show something. So he's another one that I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see Mitchell kind of have like stretched. I want to see him hit a couple seams and stretch the field. And, you know, because he had a nice spring game last year. Yeah. I want to see that again. But I want yes. to see that early in the game, not yeah. later, like, you know, against the third team. He was a freshman. He was an early enrollee freshman last year, right? right? Like, so, and I had zero expectations for Mitchell at this point in time last year. Like, none. Because I was like, ah, one of the lowest ranked kids in the great in the class for me. Well, now we've seen Mitchell's got some skills. He can play. So, you know, definitely better, better, not just better than I thought, but has picked up tight end way faster than I thought. 
You know, he played some tight end as a junior, but he was a quarterback as a senior. So he's another guy I would put, you know, there's going to be a lot of sophomore freshman influence sure. in, my, in my breakdown here, but Dion and Mitchell are, are kind of that top group for me of guys I really want to see from a pass catching standpoint. Well, and I'll just piggyback off of your Mitchell Evans because I had Kevin Bauman slash Mitchell Evans. Because I, again, and this goes back to the second tight end, one of those guys is going to have to step up. I mean, it's going to have to. And if they don't, you're right. They're going to get passed up. And because I, I love Kane Barong, and it's, it's a shame that he is injured right now uh, and he's not going to be able to participate because I think that battle could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they, if they want to stay in the race, Kevin Bauman and Mitch Levins, they need to ball out. They need to show that they are part of the competition for that second tight end spot mm-hmm. going into the fall. So I had both of those guys written down as well. So just to piggyback off of you, um, my ne- I'm going next. You're going three? Okay. I, I, I've got <laughs> – I mean, you know. I, you started and I went, so now you're going to three, and I haven't got to my second one. All yet. right, go ahead. So, well, I mean, I can talk for 15 minutes afterwards, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> you're kind of doing the snake thing, and you're just jumping ahead. So please, Vince, talk about your third. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, please. Talk, Vince. All third right, guy. Bye. No, I – Running backs, right? And, and it's it's I've got two written down at running back because we we know I think we know what Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree bring. If you're to about table. to say estimate and price, I'm going to get real ticked off right now because that's my two. Okay, Vince <laughs> just checked himself out. Get back in here, big baby. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I had him right there. They're yeah. slashed right yeah. there. Yeah, same here. Same here. Go ahead with your two. Go well, ahead. I mean, look, they're on the same team. I've been stealing your thoughts and, and thunder. It's all for, good, man. For long enough, you can steal some of mine. It's all good. I look. These guys are on the same team. Like I said yesterday, Tommy Reese was so excited about getting Audric Estime on his team because he figured that he'd be going to the other team after they picked Logan Diggs, and that was not the case uh, because they picked Ladarian Price as their first guy. So um, these two, I think, could be so much, so much fun to watch, right? I mean, Jadarian Price, I'm sorry, Jadarian Price is on one team, Audric Estime is on the other. Logan and Estime are on the same. Yeah. Um, but they're Ladar- on the same team, still yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, right. Ladarian, I mean, he has been the talk of spring as far as the running backs are concerned, just because he's this early enrollee kid and he's just he's making plays. He wasn't like a super highly ranked guy by the other recruiting services. Sure. I had him as a top hundred recruit, but yeah. other services didn't. And so, I think to a lot of people, he's been a surprise because of that, because you don't expect the guy that's not ranked high to come out and ball out the minute he's and he has in that backfield that they have. And he has. He has made a name for himself in that backfield. And then, of course, Audric Estime, my gosh. He is kind of the um, the the Bigfoot. If I, You know, he, he's this big, massive guy. Everybody's like, just give him the ball to the goal line, blah, blah, blah. But he's so much more than that. Right. And I think he's going to have an opportunity to really show that in this game because he's going to get a lot of opportunities, right. a lot of – but, I mean, he's going to get the ball a lot, I think, in this game. I hope. And and I think your people are going to see his foot quickness. They're going to see kind of his elusiveness. And they're going to see him run some dudes over. You know what I mean? So uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for both of these guys. I agree. I have them on there for the same reasons. I mean, yeah. I just – I want to see these guys make plays. I want to see – because, like, I, I think you nailed it at the beginning. Like, we kind of know what Tyree can do if he's healthy. We know what Logan Dix can do, which again sounds absurd when you consider a guy doesn't even have 300 career yards. But like, <laughs> no, right? That's partly because of the expectations we had for him, and then he kind of showed himself to be that kind of guy. Plus, with Logan Dix, he came into the spring a little banged up. They've got him through the spring, 
healthy. I'm almost kind of like, I don't want him to play a ton because I sure. don't want that. Like, I don't want him to that. Some guys I'm just, I'm weird about like that. Like I'm, you know, normally you, like, ah, you know, go play and all that. But it's just like, I, I, he he missed a lot. He was not hundred percent during the winter workouts. I don't want him to not be hundred percent during mm. the summer workouts. Cause I want him right. in the best shape possible when he gets there in the fall. Cause they're going to, they're going to need him to, to him and Tyree both to be healthy and play. Like, I don't want to see much of Chris Tyree on Saturday. I don't. Yeah. Just right. because, like, look, he's been banged up all spring. I don't want to take we a know chance of who right. Chris Tyree is. Right. It's not banged up. He's had a, you know, I believe it's been. Did they? It was a concussion, right? Then they believe they said so. It was a yeah. Concussion. And he's 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 a, what uh, questionable, I guess, right. for the game. So we may not see him at all. I mean, that's right. definitely. A and I'm fine. I'm right, fine if if he doesn't. Me too. I'm really not. He's a known commodity. He's not. He's somebody that we know what we're going to get from him for the most part. Now, could he surprise in the in the fall? And, and sure, absolutely. But. Sure. He's a fairly known sure. commodity. We don't need to see him in the spring. Right. I want to see those other two kids go out and make plays. Yes. And, you know, and honestly, for me, it's – I want people to see kind of Logan's – like, I think you nailed with Aldrich. Like, he's not just this big hammer. Right. He's got really nice – I mean, you watch him in high school. He's got – he had a monster. Lo, do you all understand? Aldrich estimate averaged about 10 yards a carry as a senior in high school winning that's, the Gatorade Prayer of the Year Award. That's crazy. He rushed for 1,300 yards in like eight games because, you know, COVID shortened season. You know, his – but he was a monster a monster and it wasn't just because he was running people over i mean he can make you miss he's got foot quickness he's got agility i want people to see that but i'm also looking forward to saying do they get him involved in the pass game at all i want to see him in pass pro because i think he could be the third down back a lot of people kind of laugh at that but i'm like look to me the the third down back has got to be a guy that number one can pass pro you got and like to me that's i want that 230 pound beast stepping up and taking on linebackers it's kind of like you remember that scene from from Tombstone, the the OK Corral scene, and they you know Doc or uh, Kurt uh, White Herp says you know give Doc the shotgun and he's like they might be a little less you know apt to you know I forget what he said but start some if if he's on the street howitzer you know it's like kind of feel like that about third down like they may be a little less apt to kind of bring a blitz if they see Aldrick estimates the guy's going to step up and take on that linebacker yeah you know uh-huh. what I mean absolutely uh, you know they may want to rethink this blitz package when that linebacker gets earholed a couple times by Aldrick. I'm hoping that he can be that kind of guy, but then also he can't just be that. He's got to also be able to make plays in the pass game. And he wasn't used a ton in the pass game in high school. So that's still the one to me unknown is his pass game potential. Yeah. We haven't seen it at oh. all from him. Right. Nope. And it's not, he was in mop duty when he right. got in and there's not right. really passing. There's only one on game, right. It was right. blocking or carrying right. like, like run blocking is like a wing and like a goal right. line. So that's something I'm curious to see too, Vince. I want to see both yeah. of these kids how they're using the pass game, Jadarian and Audric in the past. Like Jadarian, I'm I don't care about what he does in the run game. I know what he can do. That's why I rank <laughs> him as a top hundred recruit. Right. I do want to see how he's utilizing the pass game. That's going to be an interesting one. Yep. And then the third one for me, Vince, is I want to see the guards. I want to see the guards, and I'm very, very, very curious to see Zeke Corral at center. Yeah, because I've heard Zeke has had a very good spring. And that's, that's his back natural from, position, man. Like, but I, here's the thing: I don't know. <sighs> is it is his natural position, or was he coached by a oh bad coach last year? Because when he was playing center in 2020, who was the guy working with him primarily? It's Chris Watt. It Chris Watt, right? Zeke can't Zeke. I mean, so that's the thing: I don't know. Like, but here's the thing: if it's his natural position, if he's as good as we think, can you automatically just lock him into that position when you know Jarrett Patterson's coming back this spring? Right. Like if he's that good, you have to at least think about maybe moving him or moving Jarrett, one of the two. 
And I don't know if moving Jarrett Patterson to guard does a whole lot for him. We're looking at the NFL draft like it would have right. if they'd have moved him to tackle last year. So I don't know if I want to do that either. So, but you know, how does Andrew Kristoffic play? You know, is he can he finish the string off the spring off on a good note? Can he start showing some of the the fight and toughness that we thought he was going to have coming out of high school? And you know, he was just kind of you know just a do your job guy when he came in last year, and it was good. It was important because it helped solidify. Yeah, they needed that, right? Because like the other guys are just getting blown off the ball. Andrew doesn't really get blown off the ball. He's at least going to stalemate. Well, now with better coaching, can he step up and, and be a mover and the guy he was in high school? You know, can, can, is Josh Lugg going to play and, and can he look comfortable at guard? How's Rocco going to look at guard? That's another one that That's I'm really a huge to question see. mark. So I want to see how the guards play. Like, I, I like I'm, that one. I'm very confident in the tackle position. I've heard a lot of good things about Caleb Johnson as a pass blocker. I've heard some really intriguing things about how Tosh Baker has finished the spring, like how what he looked like. Beginning of spring, I was hearing some not so good things from a few sources, and then by the end of spring, it's like okay, it's like the light kind of went on for Tosh. Now, is it enough to impact starting lineup? We're not saying that. That that that's a, a ways away, but that kind of plays into this. Like like, how do the guards play? How comfortable are you with the guard position going into the spring? Because if you're not, if you don't end the spring feeling super good about not just your two starters but your depth, then you've got to figure some stuff out going into the fall. And I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. That's that's going to be the here, here we go. Uh, Lewis Saban, they'll be a little apt to get nervy if he's on the street howitzer. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> yes Thanks, that's Lewis. what it was. One of my favorite movies all time, but I always get that that specific one wrong. So thank you very much for that, Lewis. So Vince, defense. What are you looking forward to seeing on defense? So I I, I almost mentioned it when we were talking about the secondary, uh, but my my first one is is Brandon Joseph. I mean, oh, okay. I, interesting. Yeah, yeah because I, I saw little bits and pieces of him when we were at practice, and man, he flies all over the field. I mean, I just think he look. I'm not saying he's Kyle Hamilton, but he's going to step into that that gonna playmaker role. Yeah. Okay, he's going to be an impact say. That's a great way to put it. I am excited to see him running around and just making plays in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think that Notre Dame fans are going to be very excited uh, to watch number 16 make plays yeah. all season long. And this is going to be kind of the uh, the the whistle wetter, right? I mean, this is going to be mm -hmm. an opportunity for them to see them for the first time. Um, and so I think in a Notre Dame uniform, in a Notre Dame uniform. Absolutely right. correct. And look, Notre Dame fans aren't watching Northwestern games. Okay. So <laughs> Okay, that aren't named Brian Driscoll. Right. Brian's watched a bunch of them. <laughs> you know what I mean. But no, I, I think I think Brandon's going to be a heck of a ball player, and I think he's going to start that hype train on Saturday. Yeah, I went with guys that are a little less that we know a little less about. That's fair, you know. And 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 my first one was was there. there I have four guys. My first one is uh, Maris Lufau, right? Like I want to see if. I want to see Mayor. I want to see if he's bigger. Got it. See if he's stronger. I want to see if he's running around. I just, I just want to see him. It's been a long time since we've seen Marist. Yes, it has. I really want to see him because the things I've heard about him are like, you know, like I'm really excited to see it. I and I don't care if he makes a million plays. It'd be nice if he does. It's never bad when the guy makes plays in the spring game, right? Like that's never a bad thing. It, it just, it doesn't. It's not the end all. Be all. I just want to see him running around. I want to see how he moves. I want to see how he hits. I want to see if he's filled out. How's he taking on blocks? Those are the the honestly what i if, if maris just has a solid do your job every snap play that would probably excite me more than anything because i know he can make the flash plays i know he can jump a wheel route and pick it off like i know he can blitz off the edge i know he can shoot gaps and make plays i know he can run 
It's can he play disciplined football? That's, you know, a little bit more of all on a defense is like just I want to see him fast, playing fast, but also playing disciplined football. I'm very curious to see that. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And then I, I, w- I stayed in the secondary for my second one, two events. Okay. And that was that was Ryan Barnes. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ryan Barnes. And that's I, I want to see Philip Riley. I want to see Charles sure. Tucker. I want to see all those guys. But like Ryan is is the guy that I think right now is furthest along of the sophomores. Okay. And from what I'm told is the furthest along, but he's been good, but he hasn't really taken that final step to say, okay, now go make a bunch of plays. He's made some sure. plays, he's looked good. But I want to see him really finish the spring off on a high note and just just really be good. And he's going to be playing opposite Clarence Lewis, which I thought was interesting. You know that that was that was the first pick of, of that team, uh, or you know no was uh, um, second second pick Clarence Lewis first pick and then Ryan the second pick. So I, I, that's something I meant because then the gold team picked Jade Mickey first, and I, yeah. I can easily go with Jade Mickey. But I, I really want to see Ryan Barnes. I really think he's a key to this thing this cornerback position uh, moving forward. And I, and I knew he was going to be on your, on your list. As well. Yep. Well, I knew uh, you're going to have a heavy secondary. When your first note on D on offense or defense was the secondary. I was like, yeah, he's going to have like a bunch of secondary. <laughs> now we're going to talk about that. I, in a second. So, so let me just, I, I will say this. I have no defensive lineman on my list. I, yeah. I don't have any. I have and, two. And yeah. I, I obviously I had Brian Barnes mm-hmm. and I had Jaden Mickey. Those are my two right. corners that I'm going to be keeping an eye. Look, I love what Jaden Mickey brings to the table. Um, I love the fact that he talks. I love the fact that he's got confidence. That's fantastic. Now, his play has to back that up. Right. Okay? It's great to be a talker. But when you're a talker and you can't back it up, I, it doesn't matter. It just makes right. you annoying. That, that's all it does, right? So you've right. got to back up your play. Now, I've seen him back up his play up to this point. But again, we haven't seen a bunch. Right. So. I want to see him in a game situation, getting a lot of PT and see what that looks like. Right. And, and for every reason that you just named for Ryan Barnes, obviously right. that's why he's on the list as well. So yep. it's Ryan Barnes and Jaden Mickey, and then I'll move in. Cause you already started talking about linebackers. Yeah. A D line's the last one for me. And there's two guys on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll just, I'll just tell you my, my linebackers that I had. Yeah. I had Marist. Oh, you had more than Marist. Yeah. Okay. I had Marist. I had a trio. I had Marist. And then I had, I think this is a big opportunity for Bo. I know, I know what we've talked about. I know that I'm like kind of falling off the bandwagon a little bit. You are, but you aren't. I mean, but he's, he's got objective. Great opportunity here to be the middle linebacker in this game. Well, and he needs to do what, what I just said about Maris. Right. I don't care if Bo makes a man place. Just do your job every time. Don't don't miss holes. Don't, don't. Because if yeah. he just does his job, he's going to make plays. Like that, That's just the manner in which he plays the game. So right. if he can just kind of keep it focused and do what he's supposed to do, he's right. going to make a ton of plays. Agreed. So so Bo's on there. And then I feel like Prince Kali has kind of gotten forgotten about. Yeah. With with the fo- with the foursome that kind of came up in the new recruiting. Really, part of it for me is not that I've overlooked. It's just that he's playing Maris's position. And, and that's, just, 
hurts him. Obviously, well, it doesn't hurt him. I think it's good because I don't think he's ready for a full time role yet. Sure. Sure. I think he he needs a year of grooming as a rotation guy. Then you can maybe take over more of a full time role next year. Right. That that's really what it comes down to for me. And so I'm just I'm not ready to put that kind of burden on him yet. They sure. don't need him to be as good as they need Ryan Barnes to be. Right. Is where it comes that, down that, okay. to. Okay. I get that. If, yeah. You know. So I mean, because if we're gonna get in that, then I could just list every talented player on the roster. Of course. You know. No. 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 Of and, course. And, no. I, I'm I'm just saying for me. I'm yeah. just saying why he wasn't on my. It's totally right. fine. Was on, I'm just explaining why he's not on yeah. my list. Same reason I'm not talking about Aiden Gobira and Tyson Ford and Gabriel Rubio. So, although I, I thought about putting Gabriel Rubio, but there's two guys on the D line, Vince, so we'll right. wrap it up. And I do want to get some questions before you have to go. Okay. But there's two guys. Riley Mills is one because I hope that they are finally going to decide on you're a big end. I hope that that's what they decide to do. I want to see that though. Is that where they're going to play him on Saturday or are they going to slide him inside? Riley can be a good three technique. I can be a dude as the big end an absolute dude. I think he can be. And I want to see them use him there. And then I want to see Riley play well there. Cause I've heard he's had a really good spring when he does get to play outside. Like when he's outside, he's really going, he's inside. He's just a good player. And so I'm hoping that that's how they use him on Saturday is, is the big end. Now I could see a scenario in which they, that's one of those, let's hide it from Ohio state kind of things. I could see them saying, hey, let's you – know, because he is playing some three technique in some of the pass rushing situations and things like that. They could say, hey, let's keep him inside because there is no Jason, right? There's no Jason Adamiola. The other guy that – so, like, to me, yes, we know Jason's going to be a beast. We know that Isaiah is going to be a beast. That's all fine and dandy. But to me, this team is going to be determined by what's with them. And it can't – it's not just Cross. It's not just Riley. Isaiah can't play every snap and end. Riley can't play every snap and end. There's a guy that I've heard that's had a just a monster spring that I think is on the verge of being part of just a just a three-headed monster at end, and that's Justin Adamiola. And I've heard a lot of good things about Jordan Patelho too. But with him, like I've heard he especially second half of spring, he's been an absolute beast as well, playing end and rover. But with him, it's just like I just have a hard time getting too excited about him because it's like next week he could go out and do something to, to, to get in trouble. If Jordan can stay locked in, he's on the list. But Justin Adamiola, that's not an issue with him. You know he's going to be there every day doing what he's supposed to do. Absolutely. And I've heard he's had a big, big spring. He's playing yeah. with a ton of confidence. So we know what Foskey can do. They need comp. They need other guys to step up and be part of that group of – like that's what made the 2018 D-line so good. It wasn't that they just had Tillery and Khalid and 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 Julian. It's they also had Dalen and Adi and Jameer jo- like they just had a, a, rot- a depth of those guys. Like they were just rotating in playmaker after playmaker. If Aquara came off the field, that's fine. Dalen would make a play. If Khalid was off the field, that's fine. Adi was going to make a play. That, that rotation needs to be there. Jason Justin can play both sides. He's going to be part of the third down package. If he can be a force, because here's the thing, he's going to get a ton of single coverage next year in pass pro. A ton. And if he can do in the fall what I've heard he's been doing so far this spring, it's like, okay, if you want to double-team Foskey and, and J- J- Jason, then then this kid's going to smoke you. And I'm looking forward to seeing if we can kind of see that on Saturday as well. So that's my list of guys that I'm looking for. Love so it. Let's, Vince, let's get to some questions here. Let's and, do it. Uh, hope we'll get as many as you can, and I'll try to get to the rest uh, if, if when you leave. But Tommy Gunn's starting us off with which team seems – to be set up the best who 
I have an I have a strong opinion on that, especially since the same quarterback's going to be playing both teams. I think the blue team is. And the reason I say, I mean, this is who they have. It's it's Logan Diggs and Aldrick Estime. They got Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey. They got Mitchell Evans, Blake Fisher, Josh Lug, Tosh Baker, Andrew Christoffic. Defensively, they got Foskey, Mills, Lacey, Aaronsberger, Josh Burnham, Jason Onye. They got Maris, Batelho, and Tuyala Mockett linebacker. They've got Ramon and, and Houston and Justin Walters to safety. And then they got Clarence Lewis, Tariq Gracie, Ryan Barnes, and Chance Tucker corner. I just think that's the, the uh, on paper, the better squad. Some of the gold team decisions I thought were a little, uh, hmm, okay. You, it's interesting the direction you're going with that one. But uh, I, I, I think I think to me, the blue team is okay. set up the best in my cool. opinion. Do you want to make a counter-argument to that? I will not make a counter-argument to that because I have not studied the uh, yeah. the teams at all. So Here's one from from uh, John John there, Vince. Why don't you go and read that one? Yep. John Klimek says, I'm going to be paying attention to the line and their drive. Are they establishing the line? And I think Golden likes some zone packages. I want to see the DBs in that. Because yeah, I think they're better suited for that kind of stuff. Clarence is better suited for that. I think Barnes is better suited for that. I'm very curious to see that. Absolutely. Mark Applegate says celebrating is 10 celebrating 10 years of marriage. Best year of my life. Congratulations, Mark. Congratulations. Very, very much. And you're celebrating it, spending some time with us, which we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate. Smart man. Smart man. John, is it wrong for me to want to see Blake Fisher play offensive guard for the team he wasn't drafted by? No, I I don't care what team he's not wrong guard for. I would still like to see it. I mean, Look, my my dream scenario, I'm and I'll still say it, is that Tosh Baker, the light goes on, he's a great tackle. And he's and you so can, good that they have you no can choice. Slide Fisher into guard. Yeah. Like that would be that'd be one heck of an offensive for me, line. For me. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not that it's not that Blake can't be the it's not that Blake wouldn't still be their best tackle. It's just that he could also he's the only tackle that could also be their best guard. That's what it boils down to. Like people think, well, you know, you don't think Blake can play tackle. I I know Blake can take play right. tackle. I think yeah, Blake right. could be a first round pick at tackle. Right. I think he'd be a top ten pick at tackling. He'd be a top ten pick at guard. It's just of if if the three if your three best players are all tackles, somebody's got to play guard. And right. to me, exactly. Joe Walt does not project as well at guard as Blake does. Right. Tosh Baker would not project as as well to guard as Blake does. Right. Blake could be a monster guard. Yes. Now I don't see that happening right now. Right. But yeah, I. I and and then John has a follow up with Tosh Baker. Is there anything Tosh Baker can do to impress on Saturday? Yeah, Absolutely. play well. Yeah. yeah, play well. But I don't think I don't think he's there yet. Where it's going to result in them moving the line that way. But that's also why I want to see the guards. And that's the point I brought up during that segment, Vince. Is if the guards don't play well, then you may have to sit down and think about: Okay, do we do we have our best five man alignment on the field? Right. But Tosh has to go show a lot for me. Uh, to to get to that point. No, agreed. Absolutely. <laughs> Logan says, does Buckner missing spring game give Pine a, an advantage going into the fall? I don't think it gives him an advantage, Vince. I no, think it, I it, think it, it gives him a, a yes. resume for right. that job, but I don't and that's, think it gives him yeah. an advantage. And that's what I wrote on the article at Irish Breakdown is this is a great opportunity for Drew to Absolutely. close the gap on Tyler. This does this isn't an opportunity for Drew to jump Tyler. I mean, it, because you again, can't discount the first fourteen practices right, in spring, right? Where, where from what we're understanding is Tyler is ahead of. Well, and you even said that in the couple practices you were yeah. at, like Tyler was the the better player. Yes, but we didn't see a lot of team. I didn't see just, enough to really, you know, make. I've that, yet to talk yeah. to a source that has said 
Drew has outplayed Tyler. Right. But this is the chance for Tyler to close that gap. So is it, it, it's, it, it's good for Drew. He's got to take advantage of it. Yes. And, and I have a feeling knowing him, I, I have a feeling he will. I do too. Because I think that, I don't think Drew's going to be a great game practice player. I, I think he's, a lot of people like to compare him to Ian Book. I, I think he's different than Ian. I think he's the exact opposite of Ian. I was going to say, Ian was a great practice player. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I'm, but, you know, Saturday will tell us a little bit about that, Vince. Yeah. I, I think Drew's just one of those kids that needs the adrenaline. You right. know what I mean? Like, he needs right. that adrenaline to be flowing to really be at his best. Yeah. And we'll find out if that's true on Saturday. Yeah. I do expect the line that he's going to play behind to be a lot better. That's one thing I felt bad for him last year. Is he got yeah. his brains beat in. That offensive line couldn't – some of the – yeah. <laughs> that was rough. That was rough. John says, do you hope Notre Dame showcases some different things on special teams Saturday? Did the special teams coach get enough guys to spark – competition i don't know how much special teams there's no, going to be won't. and it's walk it's basically walk through there's no kickoff right. kick return okay they'll punt but it's fair catching everything right and, and they may kick a couple yeah. field goals but it's not going to be a rush situation kicking is the only thing yeah. that will have any sense of right competition on saturday but yes he'll have pl- look the special team brian mason has to be like a kid in a candy store with all the athletes he's right. long athletes he's going to have running around there's going to be some more showing up this summer there we go, Vince. Anthony Solomon says, Brian, did you spend all of the fundraising money from last year? So he's talking about our, our Thanksgiving slash Christmas drive. And will you be doing a fundraiser in 22? It's a great far. question. We did. So what we did is we spent the first like six grand on the things we talked about. Just <laughs> the, the I mean, and Vince knows we were like just begging people because that was my fault. We, we did it too late. A lot yeah. of people already kind of had their, well, we've already got this we've already got that but i mean and it's like I'd, I'd went to gordon's or i'd go to costco and i'd man like okay this has got to be like a couple thousand right here and it's like it's just like thousand dollars like oh seriously like that's it <laughs> trying it was, to it was hard money. just like i bought a, lo- we bought a lot of food and clothes and did different things so we ended up having about five thousand dollars left over and so what we i had asked some of the bigger donors that kind of say look are you okay with us using you know yours to do sort of this thing with the uh, St. Joseph Boys and Girls Club. So what we did was, is we gave them $5,000 to start sort of their an emergency, an Irish breakdown emergency fund. So essentially they always get these needs of people just, you know, Hey, I just, I just had a major surgery and, and we're, you know, I, I can't pay my, my rent the next two months. And, you know, the people that are, you know, that, that come there, Hey, can we step up and help out? We actually did that with already with some of that money. And, you know, hey, look, we, you know, this this organization just reached out and they've got an emergency need for food and we don't have the resources to pop buy it. That's what the Irish Breakdown Emergency Fund is for. Uh, so it's still going to stick into the vision of what we said we wanted to do. But now it's just kind of like this this fund. And they have to tell us every that they're going to they have to tell us where every dime goes. Mm-hmm. So that way we know where it's going. But that was it was great to be able to partner with them. Uh, the lady I worked with there used to work at Notre Dame. So. Uh, she was awesome really helping us get that set up. So we, we did spend every single dime that you all gave us. Actually, we went a little bit over uh, just because uh, we needed to, to get that even 5,000. And then we are hoping that we are definitely going to do another fundraiser again. I'm hoping to do two. I, I have always wanted to do uh, partner with St. Jude. It's always an organization I've always wanted to partner with. So I'm trying to get a hold of somebody there to, to do like a summer fundraiser with them. But I don't know how that all works, and I haven't heard back from anybody there. So if anybody works at St. Jude or, or anything like that, let them know that I'm I'm trying to partner with them. 
uh, here for something here this spring or summer. And then, of course, we plan to do something again next next Thanksgiving as well. We'll just do it a lot earlier <laughs> than we did this year. And we'll do it differently so that it's not a super chat. We're not going to do the super chat thing anymore. Like, well, you can still give super chats that day, but it's all going to be online. That's where we get raised most of our money anyway. We'll probably leave it open a little bit longer than we did this year, but uh, it'll, it'll be very similar to that. But we'll have a show built around that. Yes, absolutely. But the Super Chats won't be part of it. Because like, we ended up raising like $1,900 through Super Chats, but we only got like a 1200 of it from some crazy reason from Google. Like it was, I was, yeah, it was a different story for a different day. So yeah, thanks for that question, Anthony. Yep. Kyle Wade says, is there any scenario where a player is so dominant that you'd like to see them in the rotation slash start or play so poorly that you start to think, oh, no, I'm assuming he's referring to like the spring game. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The the latter. I mean, look, human nature, the latter is going to happen, right? Like, I mean, I, I understand why people were like, wow, Deshaun Kaiser was bad. He was bad. It just it doesn't mean he's always going to be bad. That's that's my whole thing. So. Yeah, I think it's human nature to have those reactions, Kyle, certainly. It's just that you just kind of got to walk it back, right? And it's it's unless you've been at practice or you've heard things and, the, and a guy does like, yep, that's what he's been doing all spring, there you go. Right. Like if a guy hasn't been doing anything all spring and he has a great spring game, that's nice and it's good and it's a positive, but it's not like, yeah, that guy's kind of stuck, right? It just it don't work that way. But I think it's very, very natural for us to to see all that and – and start coming to kind of bigger picture conclusions. Hey, my guy, Connor, with the Super Chat. What's up, Connor? Haven't seen you in a little bit. Uh, hi, all. Which player will see his stock rise the most in 22? That's a loaded question. Holy smokes. Uh, that's uh, I would I, I would need more time to, to think about that one. I mean, I, a stock as far as with the team, with NFL draft. I mean, I guess that's kind of some of the different things I want to I want to find out perception wise. I I would need a little bit more than that. Just the, my first gut reaction is Riley Mills if they play him at big end. I think he could go from just a guy that nobody really talks about to wow, that dude's the key to this defensive line being the lead. Okay, I, I think because if if Jason and, and Isaiah are on one side and there's going to be snaps where you can't have J- Isaiah and Jason and Justin right. on the field on first and tens, they need somebody on the other side. That's just, that's a big factor too, to, to keep teams honest and be a great run defender. And I think Riley can be that guy. He just has to go show it. And yeah. thus far he's shown flashes, uh, but he's, he's got to show it. But yeah, I, I think another one would be if another corner, uh, whether it be Clarence Lewis Right. So Clarence, like kind of playing so well that he gets rid of the stigma from the bowl game or someone playing out, playing him and beating him out. I think that would be the other position that I would that I would go with on that one, Vince. What would yours? What would you know what? I know that right now his stock is pretty high as it is, but I was thinking more from a national standpoint. I think Lorenzo Styles is going to absolutely explode nationally. I think we all know kind of maybe what he can do, but I I don't think anybody knows who he is outside of Notre Dame fans. And I think that his stock is going to explode. So I'll I'll go. Yep. Get down a couple more here, Vince. We got one here from uh, coach Vic. Oh, what's up? Five, seven, four. I know Coach Vic. We used to coach together. He says, uh, hey, Vince, are we going to see Coach Stuckey's impact? We talked about that a little bit earlier, Vic. Um, and I, I, I think we need to, and I think we will see. I think we will see it. It's not going to be a finished product. He is working these kids fundamentally mm-hmm. every time I see him, and it is a work in progress. But I do think that we are going to see his impact in this game, and that it's going to be obviously even more so once you get to the fall. 
Yep. Here's a good one, Vince, from Patrick Bird. Freshman most likely to make freshman All-American team. Man. I got it. I got it. The offensive one is – I have I'm one on offense, one on defense for me. Okay. The offensive one's pretty easy. It's Tobias Merriweather. Wider now, that didn't have a whole lot to do with the spring game, but this is the Q&A. It doesn't have to be about the doesn't spring doesn't have game. to be. Yeah, right. I think I think with the the especially with Dion not really stepping up. If Dion doesn't finish strong, he's got to be careful because Tobias is not going to. Tobias Merriweather is not coming to Notre Dame this summer thinking, ah, you know what? Give me a year to get going, and I'll be all right. No, he's coming here, so okay, give me the ball. Right. That's just how Tobias is, and so he's a guy that I think could could be that guy. You know, if there's going to be someone on offense, it would be him. Okay. I think there a lot would have to happen at running back for Jadarian Price to be a freshman right. All-American. Right. have to take some I think he's good enough, but there's just the depth chart is so strong. Because I could say the same thing about like Eli Raritan, sure. Jordan Stace, defensively, you know, Tyson Ford, Jalen Sneed, Nolan, Junior Tuolamaka is the other one on defense. So there's two on defense depending on how things go. If there's an injury at linebacker, I could see Junior Two Alamaka stepping in at Mike linebacker and being just really good, being an All-American. And the other one is is going to be Jaden Mickey. Now, I think Benjamin Morrison has the long, bigger upside, but I think Jalen's early start could open up opportunities where he could be like a slot guy, have a great year, pick off some passes, and be a freshman All-American. Those would be the three guys that, like that. that off the top of my head I would probably go with. That's not the three best players. It's a lot of this is about opportunity, Vince. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, Billy Shrouth is one of the five best offensive players on this class, in my opinion. But I don't think he's going to be a freshman All-American because the opportunity is not going to be there, in my opinion. So that that would be my be my pick. Corey D asks, uh, Vince, you got a roll. I'll take care of these last few. So um, appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Corey D says, is, Vint, is Justin playing the other DN position opposite Foskey? He will in certain looks, but it's not going to be it's not going to be full time. Uh, Corey, it's going to be kind of like he's going to have a role at times, especially when they go to sort of their nickel packages or third down packages and things like that. They will do it then, but it's not going to be something that we're going to see them do uh, full time, right? At least that's the as of right now. Now, there's been some discussion. I've been told there was some discussion about possibly having Justin move to big end permanently, but that so far, that's not the move that they've made. And I think Riley Mills stepping up is going to be part of whether that continues or not. Mike Lane asks, hey, guys, finally got signed up yesterday. Great to have you on board, Mike. Thank you for signing up and joining the, the premium board. I've been smashing the like button for a while. Really appreciate your guys' insight and business model. Wishing you pure success as always. Go Irish. Mike, I appreciate that very, very much. We certainly, certainly appreciate the support from all of you, whether it be direct financial signups, whether it be just supporting us through encouragement, supporting us by watching our content, reading our content. We support all of it because all of it matters to helping us continue to grow uh, as a company. David Carpenter, the Super Chat. David, thank you for that. Okay, are you both are, You both are picking teams for the blue gold. Who are the first picks for O-line, D-line, and receiver? Ooh, Vince is going to be mad that he didn't get a chance to answer this one. Uh, O-line, it's, it's my first pick is going to be, again, if we're talking guys are eligible for this game, my first pick on the O line it would be would be still be Blake Fisher. I, I just, yeah, it'd be Blake Fisher. My first pick for the D line, again. So the different thing about this question that I'm going to take from this, David, is if I'm doing the picking, that means the captains aren't doing the picking, which means they're draftable, right? So Isaiah Foskey wasn't drafted for the game, but if I'm picking, he's the first guy I'm taking. 
And then at wide receiver, uh, I'm taking Lorenzo Styles. Those would be my first picks at those positions. Very, very, very good questions. Jules 602 says, which of the receivers has the most to prove this weekend? <sighs> you know, I don't know if I'd say anybody has like the most to prove just because it's a spring game. But I think Deion Colsey probably is a guy that needs to have the best game in order to kind of thrust himself would, you know, kind of forward uh, to being a guy that you like, you know, we really think we can count on him this year. If you're looking at it from the coaching standpoint, I think he needs to prove himself. And like if Brayden Lindsay doesn't do a whole lot, I don't really care. We've seen Brayden Lindsay, you know, make plays in games. So I'm not super, super, you know, concerned about that. It'd be nice, but uh, you know, I I just I don't think he has. I think I think Dion probably has the most to prove based on the, the the context and the criteria that I just I just referred to. So that is going to do it for today's show. I really appreciate it, uh, everybody uh, being here with us today. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow. We are for sure going to have a mailbag tomorrow. There's also a chance that tomorrow we could end up having uh, a second show, uh, whether it be something draft related or, or most likely also a, a preview of the weekend from a recruiting standpoint. We will definitely have stuff on the message board and on the site in regards to previews for this weekend. I'm going to do like a film analysis of all the players. I'm going to have that later today term a film analysis and grades, recruiting grades for all the players that are going to be on campus this weekend that are not commits. Ryan will have an article come out tomorrow where he is going to preview sort of where Notre Dame stands, what the weekend means from a recruiting standpoint. So definitely make sure you check that out. As my guy Mace AK always says so well, join the message board, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star review. And of course, above all else, go Irish. So everybody, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being with us. And we'll talk to you again the next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.